Hello again, Lee. How long you been going now? This is the beginning of hour 18, or or as we call it during the transfer window, hour 18. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know what? I, I There's a point at which you realize you're going to make it. Like, like when you run a marathon, or in your yeah. case, a long bike race, uh, neither yeah. of which I have any experience with, um, there's a point yeah, there at which that, you just... Absolutely, there's that point when you go, I'm going to do this. It's normally... Yeah. I normally find it just after you've gone halfway, you go, well, I've done that, so I can now. It's like getting to half-time at football matches. That's It's the next sort of 10 or 15 minutes in the second half where you go, oh, we've got this. It's fine. It's all sorted. Unless it was back in the early 90s when it was sorted after the first goal went in after a minute. Yeah, exactly, like like Mark was just saying. Um, you know, the, the I have heard, and I actually used to – it amazes people when I tell them I a I used to be a footballer and I've got Gab Marcotti to back me up on that. He was he was my teammate actually in uh, in London, uh, yeah. but uh, I was I was a footballer and I was also a distance runner when uh, when I was about eight to about thirteen. Used to run uh, ten kilometer races that sort of thing, and um, I never really could do more than that. But uh, but I have heard from marathon runners that you know once you run a half marathon. You can yeah. then do a full marathon. Yeah. Like if you can run a half marathon without dying, um, yeah. you can do a full marathon. And and so it's interesting. It's it sounds like it's the same with uh, with long distance biking. Thankfully, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna test that theory out about marathon running. No, those, my marathon days are over. You're gonna need four new knees if you do that. But how how, how I always ask you this at the beginning of of, uh, of our podcast. How are the, how are the new knees doing? Well, it's just one new knee, Mike. I didn't okay. my, my left legs because I never used my left leg. So that's per, that was like the day I was born. It's just perfect. And and now my you didn't right. Use it to kick Janola. <laughs> no, I don't think I ever kicked him in my left. Um, <laughs> my right, With my left being the key part of that. Yeah, I wore. Uh, I definitely wore my right out kicking several people, and Janola was high on the list, as you know. But the knee is absolutely amazing. It's I'm walking, you know, I'm, I can walk around the golf carrying my bag, have lunch, and then walk another 18 holes and not have any pay. It's just absolutely life changing to the point of, you know, half thinking my mad side of starting to maybe have a little kick around in the five side and just you know, stroke a few balls through the midfield. And, oh, I mean, you know, here, here come the clamors. I mean, we are, we are looking for a new right back. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I've, I've definitely got the urge to uh, to play a little bit of five-a-side. I've not got no interest in playing 11-a-side at all. You know, that's... Isn't there isn't, – I, I, I remember seeing a couple of years ago, I think – I, I want to say Perry was involved in this, but there's like a it, – it's it's – you know what cameo is like? Like you, you you can pay a little bit of money and you get like a voicemail message from a famous person or something like yeah. that. There yeah. was kind of a version of that for footballers, where like if you're having a stag do or uh, or or you're you know a charity event or something like that, you can you can. There's a whole like list of of, of footballers that you could have. Could play. you seriously? Could you imagine turning up at a stag do? And then you, you Vinny the Jones there and the best man's name got a surprise for you, and then. I turn up in, and most of the people will be drunk at this point. And then, in, and it would be a really good idea for me to be playing amongst all those lot when they're absolutely swiping, especially if it's a if, if the uh, Stags a Tottenham fan. I mean, it just wouldn't work, would it? No, I don't think I don't think it would. But I think it would be hilarious to watch. But 
Um, it's not idea. So, uh, so yeah, we, we, we've, we've covered the need. Do you think that they've perfected it to the point where, where I could go get a couple just preventatively? I mean, my knees, <laughs> my knees are probably the, the, one of the things that aren't broken in my body right now. And, and, um, you know, but, but at some point we're carrying all this weight, I'm sure they will be. No, Mike, I'm telling you, if you only need to, the only reason to have a knee replacement is if you're in last, you know, last drink saloon where you can hardly walk and it's, because the, the the post-operative pain for the first three weeks is like nothing you've ever sampled in your life before. So I wouldn't wish that on anyone. But, but I've heard, yeah, all I've heard is rants and raves from you about how incredible it is. So. Yeah, it's in, you know, once you know what's coming after it, you kind of go, I'll put up with that pain. But if you didn't have to do it, like you don't, because your knees are perfect, then don't go down that road. Stay away from the surgeon. Look at that. Look at that thing. It's amazing. Um, so we have been running a, uh, you know, we, we've got a lot of people in the, in the chat who are, uh, who are talking about it. I think we have, uh, Giannis talking about how he hears your voice every other day on FIFA. I, like I control my son's screen time on FIFA. It sounds like his father, although he's a grown up, uh, his father keeps him to every other day. But, uh, one of the things we do for Gunners versus Cancer is we run a, uh, a, a FIFA tournament, FIFA 21 tournament for gamers. Uh, it's, you know, a $25 donation to, to the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. And we run it like the Champions League. We have a version for the Xbox and a version for the PlayStation. And so I was going to say, despite not being a gamer myself, that I've been hearing your voice a lot lately. Um, the, the, <laughs> Sorry, tournament is, the, the tournament has raised over $1,500 for Gunners versus Cancer. Wow. Um, and, uh, and it's getting down to the semifinals. My son actually won it last year, although he, uh, he was representing somebody else who had bought in and, and and donated the money back to the charity but he he didn't make it past the quarterfinals and i think he um he he said it was because alan smith wasn't commentating anymore well um, you know if he wants alan smith back i'll i'll give him a call if he wants him back um have i have i heard correctly that uh that in the, in, in the next version stuart robson's taken over for you correct what is it about what? arsenal uh players where did you hear that from um, I, I didn't make it up. I don't remember where I heard it from. Is that not public knowledge? I'm not sure it is at the moment. No, no, oh, but you know, well, I didn't mean to put you in. And it's funny because we, our preseason podcast last year, we had Alan Smith on and he, without me realizing it broke the news that he wasn't going to be returning and that you and, 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 uh, and, and, um, Derek were going to be the primary and sole voices on it. Um, well, I, I I, I can I can do an Alan Smith and say I will not be returning into your living room next season. So exclusive guys, um, and uh, and 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 we have we have the uh, potentially in about uh, I think it's two two and a half hours from now we have the man who's taking your job coming into the podcast, uh, Stuart Robson himself. It, it, the, EA Sports just seems to love. Arsenal players and ex Gooners podcast guests or or former Gooners podcast guests. Who knew? Who, knew? who are they going to have on next? Is it going to be Darren? Darren <laughs> Lee, we've got we've got Hello, your buddy Darren on. Darren, you're on mute right now, buddy. He's next. Yeah, Darren, you got to unmute your mic. You're on mute, Gaza. Gaza. Well, at least I, yeah, but at least oh, I didn't I didn't press the block button though, did I, Mike? Yeah, uh, Leah. About two hours ago, and we, we had uh, Arsblog and 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 uh, and James McNicholas Gunnerblog on, and and 
about 20 minutes into the segment, I was trying to highlight a comment that that Darren made in the chat. And unfortunately, I pressed the wrong button. And I ended up blocking him. And and I'm like, I'm like, Darren's gonna think I don't like him anymore. It's like like and I instantly tech I you know I reached out on Twitter and I'm uh DM'd him. I'm like, that was an accident. I pressed the wrong button, and then I started crowdsourcing ideas on how to unblock him, which I finally was able to figure out. But like 20 minutes of a pretty good interview, I was I was focused on getting Darren unblocked. So well, I, it's understandable. You've been on air for about 40 hours as it is. So yeah, I mean, I haven't slept in 19 days, but uh, but you know, I I uh I, I I somehow pressed the wrong button. Um so from the Highbury squad loves you, Darren. And uh and and yeah, Mark, he won't let it go, but I deserved it. I I, I absolutely deserved that. So um Darren, tell the story of, uh, about about you and Lee and and uh, and how you got to know each other. Because I mean, it, it it's been a joy for me in this podcasting journey that I've been on to make to sound like a reality TV star. Um, to be able to talk to my heroes when I was uh, you know a teenager watching Arsenal and 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 I know how much it means to to to, to kind of form relationships with the people that you grew up idolizing. Um, I can only imagine it feels the same for you. Um, am I am I a fan of Lee? I don't. Uh, what made you think? What made you think that? I would say I would say a small one. Yeah, one of my one of my uh, smaller fans. No, I mean Daz. I mean I'm taking words out of his mouth. You tell me, but um, yeah, Darren. As you, as you can see by the back of his wall behind him, he's probably got more photos of me than I've got myself. <laughs> and he's he's got uh, he's got more shirts with the two on than I have because most of mine have been. Given away to charity and things like that. So, except Matt, for that one that you won't give to us, that I'm still working on the uh, the the one with all this. Yeah, the, the one that you wore on the last podcast. We got to see that again. Don't you don't have to put it on, but oh, I've got. Hang on, quickly, I'll show you another one. <laughs> I've just got this out of the. Uh, I've just got this out of the because I've moved. I moved house and uh, I just got this. I've took it out of the frame because I didn't like the frame, and it's now stuck on a piece of cardboard ready to go in another frame so and obviously you'll recognize it because it's oh, that one. beautiful stuff man yeah so you, unfortunately you're not having either of those two no i i, I you, you're you're helping me with something else right now that i've been working on that uh and and i'm i'm fully expecting you to to to, to pay the 72p to have the post uh, the post person pick it up uh Absolutely. but yeah if if we can get one more person involved in this, it's going to be a really special, special item uh, for the for the for the raffle. Um, and uh, and and I want to thank Alan Smith for heading that up. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reveal what it is yet, but uh, right. it's something that I believe you and and Alan Smith and two others have been working on uh, on our yeah. behalf, and I, I appreciate it. But Darren, let's give you a chance to talk, man. So so tell us your your Lee Dixon uh, origination story. Why Lee Dixon? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> no, it was. It sort of you started. You picked a name out of the phone book. <laughs> I um, because I grew up in in care, as some people know, and my old social worker was a huge Arsenal fan. Like he'll come in like wearing the shirt and everything, and he's like, "You're gonna watch. You're gonna have to watch a match." Like and at that point, I wasn't interested in football. I was like, oh, yeah, right, whatever." And I sort of started watching it, and all of a sudden, I saw Lee just doing this bullet of a header i was like okay In, into the other team's net right not i mean it wasn't yeah. like a i mean you no, love yeah. yourself a, you know 
a pretty go- uh, goal. It just isn't always to the to the right goal. But, but I just remember just watching it and like, I had a drink that went flying. His drink went flying. I was like, yeah, so I'm watching. I'm I'm going to support this team from then on, and I've it's gone downhill since. So you know, love you really. <laughs> now it, it and. And, and while you're while you're on with us, I want you to. Uh, I know that you've done a, a couple of YouTube shows that that Lee's been on. Um, no doubt they they were more enjoyable for Lee than the than the YouTube shows that we've done with him on. Um, <laughs> except maybe for the one with Rebecca Lowe that that uh, that we surprised her with you. That that was a fun yeah, one. That was fun, wasn't it? But um, but the um, that I want you to talk about the reason that you have the name that you have on, on our podcast here, the, the tag Dazza, the skydiver, because what you're doing is, is raising awareness. And, and, uh, and, and, and obviously we are big fans of anytime somebody does something for a great cause and, uh, and you're doing something pretty, pretty out there for uh, more out there than a 24 hour podcast. I will say that. So tell well, us a little bit about it. Yeah, it was because I've always done the same thing. I've always done gamers. Like, well, I need to do something different. I know. Let's just jump out of a plane. You know, there's the edge. Off you go. With a parachute, though. I hope so. I mean, we don't want this to be the last charity thing that you do. Uh, but uh, and 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 uh, and who are you supporting uh, in your in your drive? And how how can we make sure to? Uh, I mean, we're we're talking to a lot of generous people right now. Hopefully, they'll continue to be generous. But uh, for whom are you uh, are you raising funds and awareness for? Um, well, there's two because I couldn't pick just the one. Um, obviously, one was is for Willow Foundation, which is obviously the same sort of thing as Universal Cancer. You know, they help out people with uh, severe illnesses. Um, Willow is uh, Bob Wilson's uh, yeah. charity, right? Yeah. Um, and the other one, which I think Lee will probably know the organisation, and that is the York Dance Project. So... Yeah, that, that's that's my uh, wife's charity. That um, she's got a dance company, but part of the um, the uh, charitable side of the of the dance company is that they got put on workshops um, in schools in deprived areas of London, especially um, putting on workshops uh, mainly connected to uh, getting the kids to talk about. Um, you know what's going on for them. It's a mental health thing, but it's surrounded by bullying in schools and, and trying to encourage them to come out of themselves a little bit through movement. So the dance is a very big part of that, and it's amazing how it kind of um, pulls down the barriers of between kids at school. Um, and so she set that up quite a, quite a while ago. And Dar- Darren's been really kind before. He's 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 done stuff before charitable um, donations, etc. So he, he is a big supporter of that. And and me and Yolanda, thank you for that. And obviously connected to the, the Willow Foundation, which I'm uh, an ambassador for as well. So the two charities uh, couldn't be close to my heart, really. So the fact that Darren's going to jump out of a plane... Um, <laughs> For that cause is is astonishing and and very brave um, and I'm sure you know what once he's done that and I know Darren um, will have some fears and trepidation about that but the fact that uh, that he's taking that on board and the fact that we're all listening to that um, we all want you to, uh, to to gain the strength from us and the Arsenal family will be firmly behind you um, and it'll probably will actually be underneath you yeah. <laughs> Everyone I know who's jumped out of the plane, and I'm not going to join you, by the way. 
Um, everyone, I've, I've, always, I've always signed you up, Lee. So it's too yeah, late. okay. Well, I think you'll find there'll be a spare <laughs> yeah, seat. This, this is the big time. reveal, Lee, that we're... Yeah, uh, the big reveal, yeah. I think you'll find that um, everyone I know who's, who's actually jumped out of a plane in that has said it's the best thing they've ever done. So um, I'm sure you'll gain a lot of uh, kudos from your friends, but also from an, an from yourself, an actual inner strength that will be a fascinating thing for you to share on the podcast uh, next time you're on. See, the, I think the thing that fears me is like, because obviously not so ago I broke my ankle, which, um, yeah, that's playing for, I can't play football for a while. So, um, but it's just the fact of like sitting on the edge of that doorway on the plane. It's like, oh, okay. Cause I don't, I can't do heights for love or money. Mate, let me let me give you. And I've not jumped out of a plane, but I'm just guessing that when you're sitting on the edge of that plane, your broken ankle will be the last thing on your mind. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. The broken ankle isn't going to matter when you're jumping out of a plane. You're not going to re-break your ankle uh, that way. So, but um, I, do, I do have one question for Lee. Yeah, go on. How do I score a proper goal? Because I'm I'm obviously doing five aside next year, like for my old local team. How do I score properly? Because I mean, I'm just my, without scoring my own goal. What I was going to say, I'm, I'm more of an expert on that. And I mean, you're asking the wrong person. You need Ian Wright on this podcast. Well, so, come, come, with come back with the head of is on in a few hours, and uh, and yeah. And, do you know what? Do you know what I find? And and hi everybody. By the Welcome way, we'll, back, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get to that in a minute. I'm I'm trying to give some words of wisdom to, to Darren here. I find it's all about confidence when you're shooting at five aside. So tuck over, put your chest to the ground, swing your foot, and scream, Gerard. It always seems to work. Everybody looks good when they do that. <laughs> Great advice. Welcome uh, uh, back to the podcast after a nice little refreshing uh, refreshing nap. Man, you'll never believe what happened. Like I'm, I'm, I'm actually serious. I'll never believe what happened. So after 24 hours of being awake, I went to bed and I slept for five hours. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't believe your, your lack of dedication to the podcast. <laughs> to do that. Um, but uh, Darren, uh, tell us. Uh, well, first of all, everybody that that is either watching this live or watches this later on, go and follow Darren on Twitter because Darren puts out some tweets about the the, the great things that he's doing to raise awareness for, for, for charities, including the skydive. And we want to make sure that we get, we, we follow and we put our notifications on so we can retweet when he, re, when he tweets. So, uh, so Darren, how, uh, let's, I, I know you've changed your Twitter name a couple of times, but what is the, uh, what is the, the, the handle that we can find you on? Um, I don't know. Gunner boy does a, that's <laughs> the thing. That, <laughs> uh, All right. So, yeah. uh, Oh, hold on. I just spelled it wrong. I want to put this up on the screen here uh, because that is the best way to find out what Darren's up to. Um, and uh, does that look right? Possible. <laughs> okay. So Darren can be found at Gooner Boy Daza. Uh, become a very good friend of the podcast lately. Uh, we're big fans of what you do. And I'm, and, and I'm thrilled that you, uh, that you were able to join us with Lee today. Uh, we're going we're gonna to switch you off for, for another fine, uh, fine young man. Uh, who's going to come on the podcast as well for the last? Uh, just sorry, just session. one more thing, Lee. Stop showing off with your golfing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing. The only thing I'm any good at now. Well, that's all I, like when I was playing that video at one point. When I heard that swoosh, I was I was watching it, and they went, "What the hell is that?" I said, "It's fine. It's just Dicko just hitting a good ball out. It's fine." <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I'll, I'll stop showing off. No, it's fine. I enjoy seeing them. It's fine. <laughs> Daz are coming out with, with with the banter now. He's just bantering the heck out of you, Lee. I can't believe, you know, the, the brashness. I'll just switch him off from this end. Can I switch him off now? <laughs> Daz, it's been great. Let, let, let's quit while you're ahead, okay, bud? <laughs> See you, mate. All right. Uh, bringing on the, someone else and and who's who's very tired uh, has has really not slept very much but uh it's because uh he really really wanted to talk to you this is we're, we're bringing on now uh, fifa royalty the the winner of the 2020 xbox version of the fifa 21 uh fifa 20 <laughs> tournament quarter finalist in 2021 Jake Feinberg, uh, who who's in the same clothing he was wearing last night uh as, as, <laughs> Did you sleep in that shirt? No, you don't sleep in no. a shirt. I, I, I just wanted to put it back on because um, I was complimented so much last night on the shirt. So yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean you wear it every day, though. That that that. No, no. I, I just put it on last night. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. But, so, um, so Jake, literally, how big of a part of your life is is Lee Dixon in in, in this day and age? I mean, I guess from a from a parental control standpoint, the answer is as big as I let him be. <laughs> Is that accurate? Uh, yeah. Um, whenever, whenever I play the game, uh, it's it's a, a lot of people don't listen to the commentary anymore. They like they turn it off and they put music on for some reason. I'm always like, why wouldn't you listen to it? I get to listen to Arsenal Legends every time I play the game. But um, yeah, I, I love it. I don't know why everybody turns it off. Maybe it's because well, whenever they get scored on, then the uh, they feel like they're getting made fun of or something. I don't, I don't my, fav- my favorite thing about that, and, and it's on topic, I'm going to play a, a clip. I hope it's no more than a minute or so, for, but from, from one of your recent appearances on our podcast, Lee, talking about exactly that, about turning down the volume on FIFA. Because I don't play the game. Right. Um, I kind of, all I get, the only feedback I get is from my, um, is from relatives. and friends. Whereas I know Derek just sits at home and plays the game 24-7. He's, he's constantly packing. Uh, Do you know what he does? Cards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he plays it with the sound down and commentates over it again. <laughs> he does. I, that was so funny. He, he, yeah, he turns the sound down on himself so that he can hear himself better. <laughs> and then he records both of them and sees whether and – and I guarantee it'll be exactly the same on both of them. <laughs> oh, man. No, that, that, that was funny. So uh, so what happened, Jake? I mean, did, did, you, you lost in, in, the, in the, the 265th minute of a, three, a two-legged match that ended up going to a third because it was still level against one of your best friends uh, who's moved on to, to the finals now. Um, did Lee not encourage you enough to, 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 to rise above? I mean, how is yeah. that possible? We ended up getting to an Arsenal and Arsenal tiebreaker as well, Lee. And for oh, some reason, it? well, maybe it's because I had to use Bellerin instead of you at right back. <laughs> but, um, I mean, there's your first mistake. Look at look at how he, it's a game changer that is. What my seventeen, almost eighteen-year-old son has just done is number one made us made a witty comment. Number two, he has just uh, he's just done a, a callback of John's comment in the chat. Um, who John either does or accidentally brought up a subject that I know firsthand you have strong opinions on based on hearing you. Uh, not live streaming you when no one knew that they were live streaming you, but uh, but you know I, I've heard you talk about Hector Beller in our current right back situation. So John, who was on the podcast earlier um, with us, is a good question. Um, 
so Jake, you've brought up Hector Valerin. Lee, has your opinion changed in the last three years since I heard you at the Arsenal Supporters Trust talking about Hector? <laughs> um, I think. I mean, I was a I was a big fan. Um, I think I think he had obviously he. When, if you go back to when he broke into the side, I, I spoke to Steve Bold at that time, and God knows how many years ago that was. I can't even remember. When he first got into the side, he wasn't. We were struggling at right back, and he wasn't ready. And I said to Steve, "He goes, Hector's coming in, but he's not ready. Um, but we've got to play him. We're, we're short in that position." And they gave him a go. And to be fair to him, he did very, very well. He's a he's a super athlete, um, and as we know, he was very, very quick. Um, that was, and I, I say this about all fullbacks, and I wasn't particularly. Um, uh, slow. I mean, I was I, I was reason reasonably quick as a fullback, but I wasn't lightning quick like he. What was your pace number? Were you seventy nine pace or eighty three pace? Or... Uh, I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> I, 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 I knew that was going to be your answer. Is that is that some sort of FIFA thing or yeah, what? Yeah. Um, I don't. Well, if, what would Walker be now? Pace. Kyle Walker. Oh, he's like ninety three. So if he's ninety three, I would be a uh, forty six. <laughs> I, if he's a 93 I would probably and Hector would probably be I would thought what's Hector has he got a number Hector was a 97 now he's a 60 I think he's got like 87 now since he's he's did they have him above Walker was he at one point they did, yeah. But since he's been at Arsenal, he's gone down quite a bit actually. Well he obviously that the injury that he got um is is something that can slow you down. I know Mark Overmars had two cruciates and was faster after his operations than he was before him. So, I mean, he he had literally knees that were made in the uh, in the operating theatre and he was lightning quick. Um, anyway, we're getting away from it. So when he got into the side, he was very quick. He used his pace to, um, to get himself into positions where he was out of position and he'd get recovery runs, etc. He was reasonably good with the ball he's never been brilliant with the ball in my book his distribution is he's okay he's a feeder he's not particularly a creator crossings up you know I, I haven't really got an opinion on his crossing which says everything about it um so but there was always potential for him to turn into a very very good fullback based on his athletic style and with the right coaching with the right center back next to him which is very important as well you can't you know it's easy to build a positional uh positional strength if you've got somebody next to you who one you trust and one you get on with and you also understand his game and equally the guy in front of you so as a fullback you want somebody playing on the right and your right side is center back to have a it becomes a three, you know. If you look at me, Martin, and and um, and Ray Parler in that position, we kind of everybody worked together to create a maybe a mirage of oh, Lee Dixon's a good fullback. Well, I had a lot of help. So with him, I don't think he's necessarily had that. I don't think he's picked up the coaching, whatever coaching he's been leveled at him and I, again I'm not on the on the pitch so I don't know I'm not on the training ground so I don't know what has been told about him I think the art of creating a back four and and, and training them into being a unit has gone out the window anyway 
So he's not he's not particularly had an awful lot of help in that department. So then it's left up to the player. And the fact that we're talking about him leaving and not being, you know, I've only got the experience of going to Arsenal as a 23, 24-year-old and being there for 15 years. And the reason I stayed there that long was because I understood my job and I made sure that I was the I was the best at my job I possibly could be. And there was better fullbacks out there than there's lots of better fullbacks out there than me and at my in my era. But I managed to, with George's help, create something that was bigger than me, and and I got the benefit of that. Take me out of that team and put me in another team at another club, and I perhaps wouldn't have been as good elsewhere because the you know the some of the parts was big bigger than the individual. So Hector's never had that. So. Um, if he'd think, have been, put, if he'd have been that, George Graham's, if he'd have been putting George Graham's team like I was, he could. George well Graham have would have said, "Take that stupid hat off and play football." <laughs> he just brushes his moustache off. If George hand. Graham was our podcast <laughs> coach right now, he would have had no. He would have had no patience for this bullshit. No, what, yeah. I, what I was what I was going to ask you, Lee, is something that, uh, as you mentioned there, I think he came in when. Uh, uh, Debushi got a bad injury and Debushi was actually on fire that season. He was looking like an absolutely fantastic signing. But I think that in many ways that Hector Bellerin is just a victim of lack of competition in that um, position. Yeah. And, it, and it isn't for a lack of trying to give him competition. We've seen Arsenal sign some right-backs over the years, unfortunately. They just haven't really worked out. How important was it for you throughout your career to sort of, in the early stages of career, to have that sort of fight to get into the position and then once you had gotten that position to have someone coming in behind you snapping at your heels? Well, my biggest fight that I had in the team the whole 15 years was against myself because I always I always had it in me. It was a, a trait of mine to go, you know, waiting for the tap on the shoulder and they come on, the competition winner's got to come off the pitch now. You know, you, you've, you've had your five minutes of, of, you know, playing for Arsenal. Now you've got to go back to... To where you've got, you've come from. So I was always it could it could end at any moment. Now, if you look at the, the people who, when I got in the side, you know I was taking over from Michael Thomas, who was filling in, he wasn't a full back, he was filling in at the time, and Viv Anderson was the one that was before me that was like, right, we need to fill this space, and we haven't really got anybody. Michael, you go and do that, and then George sort of went right. This is the one. For me to come in, but I, I never felt like, oh, I'm here for 15 years now. I could just, you know, I always felt, calm. I've got to play well and I've got to do my job in order to stay in this side. Now, the competition after that wasn't particularly fierce. George was fierce and he would, you know, he'd, he'd put anybody in if somebody wasn't playing well, but he didn't have an awful, he wasn't, we weren't blessed with right backs throughout all my career. Now, that might have been a little bit of, um, kind of reliance of me because I never got injured very rarely got injured my form I wasn't an up and down fullback I didn't get 10 out of 10 4 out of 10 I was kind of like seven every week you know I, there was loads of people who were getting eights and nines and my philosophy when I was playing was if I can churn a seven out and get on the team sheet next week That'll do me. You know, that's 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 my philosophy. So you didn't get big, you know, there was a period in the early 90s maybe where I went through quite a bad spell of of, um, of form and that coincided with us 
not being particularly competitive in the league. And I and I got a bit of stick from the terracing. And it was like, well, I've got to dig in here because they, you know, this could be terminal. You know, it was like, right, so how do I get through this? And there was, you know, I'd get the ball and I'd shank one into the North Bank and the crowd would be like, oh, I could hear them. And I was going, you know, and I'd, you know, talk to Tony Adams and I talked to all the people who'd been through or, you know, Tony's had a huge amount of stick with, more so with England. Um, and, you you know, you you talk your way through it and go, do you know, I, but I was strong. I was a very strong character, mentally strong. I just went, I don't you're you're in the stand booing me. I'm on the pitch playing, doing what you want to do. So I'm in the best position here. So you can boo me all you want. I'm not going anywhere. The only person who's going to make me go somewhere is George Graham or Arsene Wenger. And if they pick someone else, then fair dues. But they didn't. It didn't really happen. So I saw a few. You know, there was Craig McKernan came from Grimsby or where Notts County, wherever he came from, and kind of. You know, I was like, this young lad's coming. I could see a bit of myself in him, and I was like, right, I've got to sort him out in training. He's going to get, a, he's going to get a clump in training because he's trying to get my position. We actually became good friends, me and him. And then, you know, Pal Lydison came, but you name the other fullbacks who were after my spot. There wasn't that many, and I think that was a, a reliance. And I, I could quite easily probably gone to that place of complacency and lost my place. Mm-hmm. If they'd, if I didn't have it in me, so it was more of a of a me thing then than than being pressured from below. With Hector, I think you might be right in as much as he hasn't had an awful lot of competition. And is it in him to be you know to, to drive himself and think he's not going to be in the team every week? I, I'm not. I think he's a different character. I think he's he's quite ha- not quite happy to. I think he probably wants to be better but he seems to have a lot going on in his life mm-hmm. i don't know whether you know i and it'd be wrong of me to, just creeping in yeah so it's, it's wrong of me to judge him because i don't know him and he but it just, I, I, modern day footballers have lots of things in their lives now and you can quite easily go he should be doing this he should be doing mm-hmm. that but football has to be the most important thing in your life otherwise you, you can be you know you can be um uh, you can be the victim of people saying you're doing things yeah. wrong. You've got to I, do it. I know that 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 documentary he did about his recovery from the ACL was uh, was seen as very self-serving and, and and highly dramatic about something that when you're an athlete you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to be lionized for it. And and I know that rubbed. I didn't watch it, but I know I think Andy <laughs> uh, uh, didn't didn't take kindly to that because he was like. Get over yourself. But yeah. um, we've got a, a lot of really good questions from the chat, and I'm going to try to knock those down as soon as I get my own question answered here, which is um, we, we talked earlier in this in this podcast-a-thon about one-club players, and we were speculating, you know, when it comes to to Halen guys like ESR and, 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 uh, and, and, and Smith-Rowe, um, is it possible in this day and age – for a guy who who breaks in like those guys at age 19 or age 20. I mean, it's amazing. Those kids are two years, one and a half years, two years older than my son. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it's crazy, but um, same level of maturity as well, Jake, right? Um, the, I know you weren't a one club player, but you kind of seem like one because by the time you got here from Stoke and got out of the car and got, and went begging back to George Graham for your, for your wage packet, um, then really from that point on, you you know you're 
what second highest in all in all time games played? Uh, no, for... fourth, fourth, Mike. Fourth. Okay. You corrected me once when I got the number of games wrong. I, I got it short by one. So now I was trying to make up for that by giving you, uh, <laughs> you know, that David O'Leary guy, whatever. Um, but uh, I mean, do what's you, the question? You weren't a one club man, but. Uh, do you ever see, I mean, do you see that ever happening again? Can someone get to a retirement age of 33, 34, 35 uh, and, and just really be with one club the entirety of his career anymore? No. Thanks, question. Because of the MLS? Mm -hmm. no, um, yeah. You mentioned the, the, the place of complacency, and I was I was going to interrupt, but I didn't want to. But uh, I was well, like, they call that the MLS now. Well, it, it's like something I mentioned earlier when we were talking about this, Lee, and, and I'd be interested to hear your opinion on it. I mentioned the fact that I don't think maybe that these retirement contracts as such were, were as prevalent in the game years ago. Do you know the likes of clubs like Miami or, or LA or some of the clubs in China? Were there them sort of offers on the table back when maybe you were considering retirement or are they sort of something quite new into the game now? Yeah, no, it, it, that wasn't an option for me. Um, there wasn't that, there wasn't the money involved. TV revenues and, and, and input from TVs have, have made those things possible. Leagues growing and a uh, huge amount of popularity in, in, in football in general and the, and the, the, the attractiveness of the Premier League makes the Premier League players attractive to these countries now that have that have got their own leagues, their own multi-millionaire owners. Um, you know, all that money becomes available to players now that didn't that wasn't there before. So, absolutely. So there's always that. You know, we're human beings that kick a ball around. I know sometimes. Uh, we get eulogised and put on pedestals about how great we are and all this. Like we're just, you know, normal people doing an extraordinary job. That's how I see see ourselves or see myself when I was playing. Um, and you know, human beings in general, most of us are quite. Say, I'm putting I'm putting me in it because I don't want to just say, oh, it's you lot, or you know, it's other people. But human beings have a greed issue at times, and so when there's there's more available. There is there is that temptation to go oh, or go somewhere else. I think the loyalty of attachment to a club has changed, and that might have something to do with uh, the, the 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 game is more cosmopolitan now. So there's there's more uh, foreign influence of of players in different <clears throat> in different clubs that have got no real attachment to you come into you know. The French lads who came into the club when I was playing, you know, if you ask Thierry Henry, if you ask Patrick Vieira, they have a huge attachment to Arsenal. Um, but that was learnt behaviour from us that we passed on all this tradition and they latched on and went, yeah, we love Arsenal. I don't know whether I think that's been diluted again. And and, and there's no doubt that if I went to play in the, in the Spanish league or something, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily have that attachment to wherever at Villarreal or wherever I went and signed for, I wouldn't have that. Um, and I think, so there's more attachment in the past than there was now. So it, and it's easier for a player to go, you know, I'm just going to go over there and I'm going to take the money. So will a player sleep? I doubt very much whether players are going to stay for that length of time anymore. And, you know, and so the likes of, you know, Mark Noble, 
and, and you'll name a few others, I'm sure. But that, those type of coming towards the end of their careers who've been at their club, they're they're the last ones I think that you're going to see. Totti uh, is the one that keeps coming up, and uh, I think uh, for for Roma was it. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen anymore. As much as I would like to see it happen, the, uh, but, but, the way but, yeah, that the finances yeah. in football are going, it almost makes it impossible for a guy to stay at a club that long as well, unless it's a lower-level club where no one's really snooping around for you. But but there's a level of understanding as well, because I remember I was always one of these people, traditionalist, if you want to call it that, that I used to think that like if you, if you came through a club, you, you should be loyal, very much like Tony Adams, I think I remember. Um, him, him being quoted as saying that he never even looked at the figures on his contract when it was put in front of him. He just signed the thing because he was He's so lying. privileged. <laughs> he said it sounded like a good line, though, didn't it? Let's be honest. It's a great but, line. Great so he line. never found it's himself in a, in a in a in like a car park at a gas, <laughs> at a petrol station in the in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> but I, I remember hearing um, from from Oscar from Chelsea because he was someone who was massively criticised when he made the big money move to China, and and the reporter sort of asked him about the amount of stick that he was getting, and he claimed that he says individual decisions for him in terms of where he wants to play is fine, but the money that he's getting now is providing hospitals, food. Uh, education for an entire village where he grew up and for him yeah. uh, the welfare of his homeland matters more to him than than his ego so I, I always think of that and it was Didier Drogba it's very much the same providing um, a lot of stuff from his home hometown as well so uh, yeah. yeah I think it's sort of bad to cast judgment except, sometimes except of the situation you don't big, know about Oscar went to a big money move to China Didier Drogba went to a uh, negative money move to fit to the Phoenix rising uh, <laughs> in the third division of, of, of American football. So um, of, of soccer, I, I should say um, a great question. And one that w- we just like we've, we've, by the way, Jake, you weren't on with us yet, but we, we unintentionally broke news. Apparently that, that Lee, I mean, did, where did we find out Jake that Lee wasn't coming back next season and that Stuart Robson was going to be on, uh, on, on FIFA. I don't remember, but I feel like it must have been something that wasn't like necessarily not released yet. Because I mean, you you had told me, but like I don't know well, where. I, you... I thought you told me or something like that. But anyway, we we, we broke news to uh, to Alan Smith earlier when he was on with us in the second hour of twenty four, um, and I, and Mark and I would both love to get your reaction to this. Uh, he, uh, Alan did not under did not realize that we were doing the All or Nothing series on Amazon because a year ago he was on our our season preview. And we were having a night, a right laugh about about the comedy series that was Tottenham Hotspur All or Nothing. And less than a year later, now we're in kind of the fetal position about this. But how would you have felt about it as a player? Would would it have? And this is what I worry about with such a young team of young guys who seem to get it. And now you're going to throw a camera in their face twenty four hours a day. Is this? I mean, the money, the the global awareness, as you know. I get that that's all important, and that's probably what this is about. But does this have the potential to derail the continuity of the team and and, and turn natural interactions into unnatural ones? Well, I can't derail us any more than we derailed, can it? <laughs> well, but one thing that we have going for us is a core. You know, Tierney, Saka, Smith Rowe. That's like the the shining light for us to look at and say, you know, that is what's going right. And I worry that this could potentially undermine it. But rather than my opinion, I believe. Mark wanted your opinion. Well, it's not. For, it, um, listen, 
the game's changed. The commercial side of the game is completely changed than when I was playing. There was the introduction of something new into into a dressing room about, oh, you've got to do this now, you've got to speak to the press, you've got to now do an interview before the game, and you've got all... I understand all that. All of that is outside of the dressing room, um, and I'm, a, I'm old school. I'm, you know, the dressing room to me is like, the sanctuary you don't nobody goes in there who shouldn't be in there um fly on the wall documentaries i've done you know i, I we back in the day we would have tv cameras coming into certain areas and and it was it's all um i don't want to spoil anybody's uh watching of uh, of those type of things but it, it it's all contrived it's not you're not That's being what I worry about you're always you're always aware that the cameras there, even in the moments that, you know, that we saw in the in all of the these things, and certainly the the Man City one, the Tottenham one, when the manager's doing his thing right in the middle of the heat of the moment, he's not actually thinking about that, but you're still you're still aware it's there, and so you might not as a player you might not react in a certain way if you hear something because you know the cameras are there, so it is all you're basically you're almost better off you can watch the pictures and turn the sound off you know it's that type of you'll you can't what you're seeing is is probably true but what you're hearing is is different and i and i would not you know for a team the way i look at it and obviously city did one so it's slightly different in that respect but i as a player think we should start doing stuff like that if we're eighth or ninth in the league because if you're really really going to be competitive in in any sport the fact that you've got a camera shoved in your face can only distract you can only it can't help you it can't it can't help you be a winner it can only distract you in my book it's now, not I might... going to increase the chemistry it's not going to improve the chemistry in the club and and chemistry i think is is as important, and and I say this as a former professional footballer myself. Um, <laughs> chemistry is as important as quality, I think, in in many cases when you have a a, a team in a rebuild stage. Um, do you think? Do you think that maybe we're not given enough credit for how conditioned that these modern day players possibly are to stuff like this? I mean, even look at the club itself has coverage of of every training session, of every 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 trip to, to the Emirates or every trip to an away game. There there seems to be cameras of behind the scene footage constantly. Um, these guys have cameras shoved in their face. So do you think that maybe more so than any other generation that these boys are possibly just conditioned for something like that? Possibly, I, I can't comment on that because I'm, you know, in my in my day it was an unusual thing. So, um, but I, I know I know what it takes to be a winner, and and any distraction at all uh, for me took away from my performance. It didn't add to it. So I can only I can only give you a com I can only give you my opinion on what it would be like for me being in a dressing room where I need to be completely fully honest with the bloke I'm speaking to at half time and I know there's a camera there that's going to record every single word that, that for me is not going to help me tell you know Nigel Winterburn that I think he should be a little bit narrower and did it and then we end up having a fallout um and I I don't want to go into you know I wouldn't have enjoyed going into uh 
George Graham's Dame was sovereign with a with a with a camera crew in the back, you know, and him turning around to me and goes, you, "You're just a money grabber, you know. That, that I've got you wrong and getting out of the car. It would have been, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked for me." So, although I would have loved to have seen you get, I mean, just the 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 video of you getting put up against the wall before your first uh, Tottenham game and and, and yeah, that would, have been, was that would have been watchable, wouldn't it? That that would have been some watchable <laughs> stuff. But you know, the the, the highlight for me. Uh, of that entire Tottenham series was waiting for the moment where Son and Lloris got into it and, and finding out what happened once they got into the, into the dressing room. And that's kind of the, the, the thing about these videos is like, I, I wanted to see the strife that they had and they probably worked that out sooner than they otherwise would have worked it out because of the camera. So that's a situation where it might've worked in their favor. Um, a question from, uh, from David Ziegler. Uh, is Maitland is Mainsley Ainsley Maitland now is going to look back later in life and regret not leaning into his opportunities at right back, right wing back, and and uh, and you could you could probably apply that you know to the previous generation uh, to uh, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, but but Lee, I mean, it, it, does he have too high of an opinion of his of his right to play where exactly where he wants to play, and will he regret this? Well, I think you've always as an athlete you've always got to work out yourself where you're most comfortable where you think you get the best out of yourself and does that fit into the environment i'm in and if it it doesn't you've got two choices you either move from the environment you're in and stick to to your plan of playing in the position you want or you adapt and there's a million players out there who've who've had regrets on their career and look back and i should have done this should have done that the thing is with with Ainsley, he's, he's got to decide one of those two really quickly um, because it goes like that. Your career goes like that. And unfortunately for for me, it went like that, like it does with every other player. But I had I didn't have any regrets about where I was playing. I knew that that was my position eventually. Well, I was a kid playing a bit further up and moving back. So it's a difficult one because he's had... Because he's been at a club where he's not been a first choice in his position, you then become, you know, utility, and you you then. I mean, Phil Neville's probably the perfect example of of asking how he feels about. Does he have any regrets about his career, about all the trophies that he won? Would he have played in one position all of the time at Man United? No, because that was the case. He was utilised um, and became a very very good player in lots of positions and won huge amount of trophies and earned himself a few, a few quid and a, and a living. Um, Just nicked a living. So that, that's, that's his question to himself is how, how, how do I maximize my career? And that might well be, do you know what? I'm going to have to go to a club where I can be a right back or a right wing back. So somebody come and get me. This is where I want to play. Uh, or he, he, and when he sits back and he's ultimately he'll have a very financially rewarding career because it's the the game we live in right now. He'll look back and he's you know on his on his boat or wherever he is on his holiday or his you know his nice house or whatever, and he'll he only he will know how he truly feels in his heart whether he's gone and money. You know, I, I guess at the end of it, money softens those uh, feelings of of of. Um, kind of I should have done this and might be it might not I don't know but deep you, you can't money doesn't cover up what's going on in there that that bits 
that bit's just for you. And only he, he knows that. Yeah, and and do you do you think if he if uh, by the way there is someone in the in the green room that that that's taking advantage of the open mic, but you don't have your your camera hooked up, uh, giant Cal Gunner. If you if you want to come into the podcast and 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 ask Lee a question, we'll have you on. But you gotta you gotta have camera and mic on. Um, do you think if 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 Maitland Niles basically came back and said, you know what, I've had a I've had a, an epiphany, I'd rather play right back or right wing back for Arsenal than you know. Than, than try to make this center midfielder dream work and, and play for a lesser team. Um, where do you think he would fall into the pecking order, or would he be welcomed back by Arteta in that capacity? I have no, I have no idea. I don't know what his relationship with the manager is like. Um, is he good enough to be Arsenal's right back? Probably at the moment. Is he good enough to be, you know, a top four right back? Not in my opinion. Um, so he would he would get in Arsenal's team. Um, you know, I think I don't. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't sum it up any more than that. It sounds yeah. a bit cruel, but I don't. You know, I, he's a good player, but he's not. You know, I've I've still got old school visions of our club. You know, and I look at it, and you know, I, most positions on the pitch, I, I look at and go, and I'm always comparing, and that's the wrong thing well, who, to do. Who, who would who would who from our current squad would start in 1998 or or 18, 1989? I mean, who who would be the starter? Any, no one. No one. I, I agree with you. Not in any team I played in. Not one of them again. And that includes nineteen, you know, ninety six, ninety seven, you know, or, or I guess in the Bruce Rioch years in ninety five. No, sorry, not uh, sorry. That's a wrong wrong statement because uh, you know I probably. You would have gotten it right back in the early nineteen ninety three season. So <laughs> it's ahead of me. So um, the teams that were successful I played in, um, none of them would get in that. What about even characters that you would like to take in? Is there anybody in the in the, in the team that you look at, maybe like a Kieran Tierney, say for example, yeah. and say that attitude wise that they would maybe be more fitting than the others? Yeah, I mean we all love uh we all love Tierney, don't we? He's um because he's, he's old school. That's why we he like he is act, actually my daughter's favorite player and Same. she's got numerous shirts with his number. She used to have Dixon 2 on the back. Now she that's gone straight out of the window. <laughs> she has she has Tierney's name on a shirt and I actually I actually got a shirt for her last birthday. She was a uh, big birth. She was 30. So I've got her um her boyfriend got her um, a Tierney shirt for a fiance now for her birthday. And I didn't know this. I just knew she had a Tierney shirt. And I was like, oh, do you know what I'm going to do for a 30th? So I I got a, one of Tierney's shirts and got him to sign it. And I gave it to her for her birthday. And her, her fiance went, what are you doing? You've absolutely killed me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so nervous because uh, obviously being from Ireland, a lot of people um, – follow the Scottish League and I've always had quite a soft spot for Celtic so I was always well aware of Kieran Tierney before his transfer to Arsenal and it's funny when we talk about one club man I know we were talking earlier about the fact that yeah like you Lee uh, Kieran Tierney hasn't started out at Arsenal but I think if there's anybody with the potential to go on and stay remain at Arsenal for the rest of his career it's Kieran Tierney I think because to me he he seems like somebody who who isn't going to jump ship for personal gain during times of difficulty. He seems to me like a type of person who has a sense of maybe personal responsibility to get Arsenal back to where he thinks they should belong. 
Yeah, until that, to, yeah, I agree with you absolutely. In, in as much as um, he, he, I think you're right in that side of his character, but in three years' time, when we if we're still in the position, because this is a big rebuild job, in three years' time, we're still finishing eight and nine. He might go, do you know what? It's time for me to go and win the Premier League, and he and he goes somewhere else. So that's you know, and I'm I I sound like the big doom and gloom man, but I'm just you know, it's not. Um, it's not my job to sit here and 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 you know flower the club with with uh, with opinions that are not 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 what I'm feeling, you know. And I, I it's been a I, I like Ben White. I, you know, I was a big advocate for him to sign uh, at, at the club. Um, I think he could go, go on to be a really top class centre back. So that's a really good signing. You know, they look at the side in pre season, and I'm not a massive fan of pre seasons anyway. I, I, I think you can draw too many wrong conclusions from results and performances more so the results you forget the results it doesn't really matter performances matter a little bit um but it's still building up to a to a season but i haven't really seen enough in 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 close season you normally see the few sprouts of productivity and a few you know oh that looks quite good and it doesn't look that different at the moment for me so and everyone else has been quite active certainly at the top in the uh, in the transfer window so I'm a little bit worried at the moment um, about our ability to go from eighth upwards um, so it's it's going to take time we knew that um, but it, we have to see you know the, the sprouts of recovery somewhere See, see, the last time you were on the podcast, Lee, I asked you an absolutely horrifically worded question about um, a, a realistic blank checkbook. And, and, uh, and uh, uh, let, let, let's actually go back. That's not, that's, it's a bit of a stupid sort of bland question, but I'm interested to hear if you were in Mikel Arteta and Edu's shoes and you were sort of handed the blank checkbook within the realms of possibility, what, what uh, within the sort of re- realms of reality, sorry, what well, are that's three not a blank checkbook, is it? No, no, no. Well, so you, you you've contradicted your, yourself there. It, it, but it's a blank KSE checkbook. There's limits, man. <laughs> but, um, three players that you would look to target specifically. Oh, God. And this comes from all your experience playing FIFA. <laughs> no, Lee just, Lee, just know whatever you say will be taken as in the no knowledge and used <laughs> across all media platforms that we are yeah. signing these players in the summer. Hi, uh, that's. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to answer that question. I'll give, next time I'm on, I'll give you the answer. Okay. Because nope. I, I need to assess the team a little bit more and then work out with your blank checkbook, not blank checkbook uh, scenario. There is I mean, a downside to not answering the question, and that is I have the control over the banners. So, <laughs> I, don't uh, know, I don't even know what that means, <laughs> a blank checkbook, but within the realms of reality. What's up? <laughs> you absolutely stole my soul. Like, <laughs> no, but here, let me freeze this. Oh, first and last appearance on the podcast. Before yeah, that's it. You made me lose my job. I took a 50% wage cut after that. Um, <laughs> no, but let me rephrase that question now to you and, and make it a bit more of a fair question or something I think is a bit more of a fair question. Is there anybody that you have seen links to with Arsenal, you know, with countless players, uh, Bernardo Silva, Yves Basuma, um, Martinez? Is there anybody that you have seen linked with Arsenal at the moment that you're sort of 
upset that they haven't maybe taken full advantage of um, and and getting them in in this transfer window. I like Madison. Mm -hmm. He's uh, you know I've I've always liked him. I'd, I would have you know going back to your blank checkbook. You know the, <laughs> the players that um, that all excite us. You know that. I'm not suggesting that we can go out and buy Harry Kane, but I think centre forward is some a position that is still relatively unknown how how we're going to do up there. You know, we if Bamiyan goes back to his to his former self, Lacazette's always going to give you something, but is that enough? You know, again, we're in that position, but we're not going to get Harry Kane. But I, I'm a massive fan of Jack Grealish. We'd love to see him at the Emirates, but that's not going to happen. But Madison's a step you know a step down from that and i think but is he gonna leave you know is he gonna leave where he's at to to come to arsenal i mean that's we're talking about jamie vardy turned us down a few years ago and and that shocked me to the to the core at the time i was like what's he you know that, I was, complete, a, that was a completely change in the power structure in, of the premier league what's that that was like a sea change to the power. That was a kick in the ball, saying, "You know what? We're we're not as attractive a project as Leicester is right now." Well, that was the that was the start of it, and now now you if you go down a few years later to where we're at now, and you think about Madison moving to Arsenal and him going, you know, I'm not saying he's he's saying that, but I'm saying if he doesn't come, people and pundits and people have been talking about that in the last week or so about do you see that as a a backward step, a sideward step for him, and that's where we're at as a club at the moment the the, the, the likes of, of we've been turned down a few years ago by vardy and now it has it has been said lee that that madison's camp is more interested in moving him to arsenal than arsenal are in buying him um uh, i i know J james mcnicholas had had said uh that and and i mean the, the the rumors about him are true but not necessarily because the club is desperate to get him no. but rather uh and maybe our next guest can shed some light on this but um, Who's our next guest? Oh, our, next, next guest. our next guest will do a crossover. James Benj, uh, oh, James of CBS Sports. And Jake, I'm going to let you go, buddy. Uh, I'm just going to ask uh, Lee one question before I go, if possible. Okay. So, um, can he? It's do actually that? Is that the question. It's actually a it's actually a FIFA related question, but um, something that was asked of Alan yesterday um, yep. about his uh, the commentating on FIFA was that. There was a lot of things that were obviously on a script and stuff, but there was also some like personality um, element into it as well. There's this one line that you have on FIFA when you say, um, it's a double bubble, Derek. Was that something that you did or was that something that was on a script? Because that's probably my favorite line in FIFA. So it I just was, wanted it to was very, It was very late in the day. The script had already gone up in the air. You were doing a 24 hour uh, FIFA con. Every day, every day in FIFA recordings, like what you've just done, that it's like, you know, they're brutal. The, the days in the studio are brutal. Um, and now it's double bubble, but uh, Derek was, was my most, most, I have to say that I don't know how Alan does his things because you're given, you're given a scenario of what's happening on the pitch on every single bit you do. And there is, we go into the studio and the scripts are this thick for a five six hour recording session and you have to, have to take a lot of breaks because all the goals and the and the the high pitch stuff that you are full on at doing the commentary you have to do a hundred of them so your voice is absolutely broken to pieces so you have to take lots of gaps you have to do 
intros and then do some goals and go back to intros so it's lower stuff higher stuff and the scripts are given a suggestion and then they'll go we need 10 of them so i write i write every one of them down um about what i'm going to say the night before so i'll go through all the scripts and go right i need 10 of them what am i going to what would i say in that scenario da, 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 da. oh that's a good one da, that's not so good and i think that double bubble derek was um I think that was late in the day one day, and I was like, how many more have we got to do? And he's like, we need another five of them, and then you can go home. It was one of them. I was like, right, it's a double bubble, Derek. And that was <laughs> through the script down and walked out of the studio. So I think that was uh, – that, that was, was the stuff. drop the mic moment. You're yeah. just like, yeah, I can't drop <laughs> that. Uh, Jake, I'm going to let you go, buddy. I'll see you in a little bit. Love you. See you, Jake. And um, and, and James, we're, uh, we're, we're doing a crossover now. We have just entered our – 819 uh, or hour 19 of, of, of 24 of the podcast we're going to make Five. it the the last thing we're going to do before we finish the changeover and lee thank you so much for for spending the last hour with us Pleasure. um if it's okay with you i'd like to give away uh you know uh one of the the i mean the, I, i'm always asking you for stuff but we you know the, the <laughs> you get so much joy uh from arsenal supporters of getting those signed shirts from you um, and, uh, and so part of what we're doing today is when we have an ex arsenal legend on like yourself, Alan did it earlier in the podcast, super Kev's going to do it later in the podcast. <clears throat> we're giving away a, a personally signed shirt from Lee Dixon. And, um, and first I just want to share that, you know, the reason that we're doing this, of course, is to raise money for the leukemia lymphoma society. And so far in the, the hours leading up to the podcast and the hours that we've been on the podcast, we are at 4,000. $602 raised out of our goal of 5,000 from just this podcast event. Um, I'd say we're closer to 15,000 for the entire summer, which is great uh, already. And, and, uh, and our goal for today is 5,000. We're, we're slowing down because a lot of the people that are watching have already donated. Uh, but, but we're, we need to get to that goal of 5,000. So if you're in the draft in the, uh, in the raffle right now, you are eligible to win this this kit and i'm gonna sign i'm gonna we're gonna draw for it right now uh do you have a minute just to do that real quick lee yeah okay uh so let me go to the randomizer here because we we, we we're very transparent with our uh with our drawings and <laughs> we're gonna go to the drawing here let's see all right and the winner of the signed lee dixon retro shirt is nick canning nick, nick canning, canning. The, nick canning coming in with a with a massive donation last night and uh and nick has won his third and final prize he's got a uh a, a fees tease uh 89 shirt that 89 shirt that uh that you know about uh lee he's got a gooners versus cancer shirt and he now has a signed lee dixon retro shirt and uh and nick thank you for your generosity for your donation and congratulations on uh, on taking home uh one of the, the the premier prizes that we're offering today so um lee i can't thank you enough uh, you you you've your dedication to to my uh we we say in yiddish that i've become kind of a chazer uh which means a chazer, which means like a guy who's just constantly asking for stuff all the time, and I hate I've to got, be that I've guy. I've got a different name for you in this household. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I, whatever that name is, I'm sure I deserve it. But you know what? You're, you're, you're a great sport. I, I truly appreciate it. 
Um, and, um, you know, the, the support that you've given us for Gunners versus Cancer is, is amazing. The, while I'm asking for things, you've got to get Arlo to come on our podcast because we need to repair the relationship between Arlo and Andy Rhodes. Um, you know, we, we, the, the olive branch is out there. The damage I don't think was that serious in the first place, but I can make sure that Andy doesn't appear on the podcast. Uh, just remind me what he did. What, how did he he find I think. I think Andy made a comment once that Arlo seemed a little too excited about a Tottenham goal against Arsenal one time, and that maybe uh, he uh, maybe he <laughs> might not love the Arsenal. And, and and Arlo, you know, there's two things I know about Arlo. He loves his soup, just like like me, and <laughs> and and he doesn't like being called out as as being anything less than than perfectly professional. And I get that. I've never had a problem with him. He tweeted out at Andy something like unprovoked after a game, like a week later and then blocked him. Right. So, uh, so we need, we need to, we need to, we need to, to mend fences. Cause I want to build the, that relationship. So if you can put in a good word for us with Arlo. Well, I obviously seen him tomorrow night. Cause we'll be at this. Oh, look at that. So we got pitch side desk tomorrow, NBC. So we're on for about an hour and a half before kickoff. So we're pitch side desking with me, Graham and Arlo. So can you, can you wear this on the, on the show? <laughs> might look a bit, might look a bit clumpy over my uh, suit. And, suit. suit and, yeah. <laughs> I don't care how it looks. Maybe All I right, could do so, that at the end and rip it open. And, exactly. Speaking of that, are you still Mario doing your predictions? Kelly ripped his shirt off and said, why always me? But this will be for a good cause. Yeah. Um, Lee, thank you so much. It's, it, it's an absolute pleasure. Are you still doing your predictions, Mike? For the... oh, yeah, um, top four uh, in the Premier League. Who do you think for this season? And I'm Are sorry, asking... James, for for having you on. For I mean, I, I wanted to have a crossover, but this. Uh, we're, we're Are you asking to... me top four? Yes, top four, bottom no. three, and Arsenal's finishing position. Sorry, to... oh, the top four, not our Arsenal going to be in the top. Four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, you want my right? Okay, I'm going to go. The reason I pushed this was because I know how much Lee loves these types of things because he puts a lot of thought into them. You're you're like me, you don't like throwing stuff out there without actual thought. No, I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United. Okay, and the the bottom three in no particular order. Uh, god, I mean. Bottom three. I'm gonna go. Brentford are staying up. By the way, mm-hmm. come on. See, I'm. I've got a Brentford season ticket, and I've also got Arsenal season ticket. So Friday night, it's. I'm not going to be in my seat, obviously, because I'm going to be on the pitch, and then I'm going to be in the gantry. So um, obviously, my loyalty is with Arsenal. But it's. I tell you, the mighty bees. Apart yeah. from Friday, I'd like night. to see them stay up. Just I, yeah. I, I don't want to see them get a fast start, though. No, they're they're, they're staying up. Uh, Norwich down. Um, I think uh, Bur- Burnley's been a surprisingly popular choice for going down. I'm surprised at the amount of, uh, Burnley. I'm surprised at the amount of people that have said Burnley. Yeah. No. What? So what's the What's the popular shout? Uh, give me some ideas. We got a lot of Watfords, a lot, of, a lot of a lot of Crystal Palaces, actually. I think it'll be tough for Patrick, but I think he's. Um, I spoke to him the other day, actually, and he said he's he's happy how the squad's building, but it's going to be tough. Um, but I think 
they might have. I think Watford. Yeah, I'm going Norwich, Watford. Bees to stay up one other. Southampton won't go down. Mm. Burnley won't go down. I think there's only two down. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to go with that because because if that happens, you're going to look like an absolute genius. And Arsenal's finishing position. <laughs> what say that again? And Arsenal's finishing position. Eighth. Eighth. All right, Lee. You're 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 a a, a man amongst men. Thank you so much. I I don't even know what that means. Uh, appreciate everything that you've done for us and and continue Anytime, to do for us. Mate. It's always great to have a chat with you, buddy. Anytime. All right. Thank you, Lee. Take care. Thanks. See you later.